Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for an opportunity to worship and giving. Father, we thank you for an opportunity to proclaim your word to your people. And we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of their hearts and that they will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so to everybody, Lady Yolanda over there with that song in her head from the children's thing. All right. We are into the second episode of our series, Write the Vision, based out of the book of Habakkuk. And my opening statement for today is, Habakkuk is disappointed that God did not seem to be answering his prayers. But God's response indicates that unbeknownst to the prophet, he, was all, he, had all, he has already begun answering them, though not according to Habakkuk's expectations. We must let go of our expectations of how God should work in this world or how he should answer our prayers. I might need to say that last part one more time just so I can make sure I lock it in. We must let go of our expectations of how God should work in this world or how he should answer our prayers. The person in the back waved at me, so I guess they want me to say it one more time. We must let go of our expectations of how God should work in this world or how he should answer our prayers. We started last week with episode number one, and episode number one, we the, the, the subtitle was Talk About It. Talk about it. Talk about what it is that, that's bothering you, and talk about the, the, the anguish that's causing you and, and how you really feel about the situation. And so this week in episode number two, we're going to talk about reviewing your expectations. So review your expectation. Review your expectation. I got so much to say about that right now. But let's go ahead and go into the definitions. Our first definition today is right. Right is to express by forming letters and words on paper or stone. Vision. Vision is the faculty of seeing, sight, or a revelation from God. And our final definition for today is expectation. Expectation is the act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe the event will happen. The act of expecting or looking forward to a future event with at least some reason to believe the event will happen. We're going to be, uh, we're still in the book of Habakkuk. We're going to continue off from where, from last week. We're going on to verse number five in the first chapter, English Standard Version. Habakkuk says, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astonished, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation." who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. They are dreaded and fearsome. Their justice and dignity go forth from themselves. 
Their horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves. Their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen come from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. They all come for violence, all their faces forward. They gather captives like sands. At kings they scoff, and at rulers they laugh. They laugh at every fortress, for they pile up earth and take it. Then they sweep by like the wind and go on. Guilty men whose own might is their God. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord, my God, my Holy One? We shall not die. O Lord, you have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? You make mankind like the fish of the sea, like crawling things that have no ruler. He brings up all of them with a hook. He drags them out with his net. He gathers them in his dragnet, for he rejoices and is glad. Therefore he sacrifices to his net and makes offering to his dragnet. For by them he lives in luxury and his food is rich. Is he then to keep on emptying his net and mercilessly killing nations forever? Let's jump into second chapter, that first verse. It says, I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and look out to see what he will say to me and what I will answer concerning my complaint. God has a plan. And sometimes we know more. Okay. Some of us know more than God knows. So we already have figured out how the plan should be executed. We already know how God should do what it is that needs to be done. And as we look at it, we, we say, well, because this happened and this happened, then God, this is what you need to do. So as we can see in this, in, in response to his first complaint, God responds to him, look, I, I'm already doing things because I'm bringing up the Chaldeans and they're going to do this work. And, and, and God's response to Habakkuk must have been, Startling because he's like, wait a minute, God. Those ain't good people. Those, you bringing the bad people in to, to bring correction? Well, how come you're not taking them and, and chastising them? Why are you bringing them against us? And so Habakkuk's like, this does not make sense to me. Why would you do this? Why would you bring these uh, Chaldeans who later on, as they grew, became what we know now as the Babylonians? Why are you bringing these godless, violent, and wicked people in here to correct when they need correction? <laughs> and God says, oh, okay, okay. God says, this is what the judgment is going to be. This is the judgment that I'm bringing because of y'all hard heads. Because of the hardness of your hearts, this is the correction that needs to come. 
There was a, 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 a there's a saying that sometimes we really don't believe what it is, what we're saying when we mention it. Be careful what you ask for. Because you just might, you get it. We have to realize that in the plane or the tapestry of life is that we have a small corner, but we believe that we are the whole tapestry sometimes. And so we know everything that is happening, but, but God's saying you're just a small part of this entire equation. Now, I'm just as concerned about you as I am about everyone, but I want you to understand that you are just a smaller portion of the entire thing because God is going to use the Babylonians to correct the uh, children of Israel, but then he's going to send the, uh, oh man, I forgot who it was now, send, I can't think of his name, but anyway, he's going to send another nation to come and they're going to come in and then they're going to correct the Babylonians for correcting Israel. But we don't see that. We don't see the fact that you get in trouble because of something you did. And then the person that got you in trouble and told on you, they get in trouble. And so then you go over and you just like, oh, you got in trouble too. I wish you wouldn't have got in trouble. See, sometimes we just don't realize the totality of how everything is working out. And the funny thing to me is the fact that He was upset because God wasn't answering. Then Habakkuk gets mad because he answers and it ain't what Habakkuk wanted to hear. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I do that. That's, you, you, God, that ain't what I want. Oh, man. And so now he's got more complaints to tell God, but he says, you know, he, he says the rest of his complaints, and then he says, you know what, when you look at that, that say, I love, I, I love this, Habakkuk, the second chapter, the first verse. Habakkuk know he in trouble. Habakkuk knows he's in trouble, because this is what he says, he said, I'll take my stand at my watch post, and station myself on the tower, he says, and look out to see what he will say to me. And what and what I will answer concerning my complaint. See, he already know. He said, I done put my foot in it. My mind, I done just got myself in trouble. I'm just going to sit up here. Let God come on back. And he going to answer me again. And I know I ain't going to. But I, I, oh, man. I, oh, well, we down this road now. We might as well kick the can on the rest of the way. And so he has this mindset that I really want to understand. But it's messing with how I think. It's, it's, it's conflicting with how I think. Now, I messed this, this term up, but there's this thing called cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. Thank you, lovely. I know she's looking at me. Cognitive, because I mess it up all the time. Cognitive dissonance. Dissonance. dissonance as she raised her frequency in telling me. Cognitive this is okay uh -huh. that cognitive stuff and 
And then what it is is what you're thinking is conflicting with the facts you see before him. The fact in front of him was I am we are going to be corrected because of all this evil that's going on in our nation. But the conflict came in. The bad people going to do the correction. How bad people going to correct us? Because we have evaluated our expectation is that God's going to come down and he's going to put you in his arms and he's going to kind of pat you on your head and say, you need to not do that anymore. But now you that have had children know that you can't do that with all your children. And my mother would probably say she can't do it with any of the children. But, but some of y'all can't do that with any uh, some of your children. But some of your children, they just need to be sternly corrected. Emphasis on, my mom said the loudest amen today when I said sternly corrected. And so we have to realize that God has to do this in a way that will cause us to change the direction that he wants us to change to. That is, that is the complication of this. Just because when you get tapped on the hands, you'll be like, oh, okay, all right, okay. But when you get corrected, when you get the fire falling and, and, and you put a book in your pants and the book didn't even work, that type of correction, when it's that level that when you on punishment for two weeks, 16 years old, because you hard-headed, then you, you realize I might need to change direction. But when it's just a soft little touch on the hand, then we don't feel the need to change direction. And it's funny because first Rebecca's complaining about his people, then he's complaining about the Chaldeans. He's like, well, wait a minute. If they're going to do this to us, how are you going to correct them? What are you going to do to them? It, it, it's, 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 to me, it's so funny how this is a reflection of how we do today. We sit and we pray and we, we say, God, do something regarding this situation. God start working it. And as in the middle of God working this situation, he ain't even said nothing to you. He's just working the situation. You go back and say, Lord, why is this happening like this? I thought it was going to happen like this. Why? Lord, why is it going like this? And that's when God has to sit us down and say, you asked, I'm doing, now sit back and change your mind. You have to review your expectation because if you do not review your expectation, you're going to get mad at God because God is not going to do it the way that you want it. I say that again. God is not going to do it the way that you want it. Unless you are so totally submitted to the will of God and say, God, whatever your will is, that is what I want to have happen. Amen. Now, I don't frequently pray that. 
Now, you may frequently pray that. God, whatever your will is, that's what I want to happen. In my mind, I have a thought on how this should be rectified. See, I ain't get no amens on that. But anyway, because we think we, we, this would be the best way for me to get justice for this situation. But remember, it's not about your justice. It's about the justice of the kingdom of heaven. So this is why we have this conflict, this cognitive, the D word, without understanding what it is that's going on. Because first we look at Habakkuk and he's like, Lord, look at this. Why are you using an evil nation for this purpose? How could you use an evil nation to accomplish this? Can't you answer my prayer a different way? And God, not only are you using an evil, they're way worse than we are. And, and if we compare the children of Israel to the Babylonians, we're much more righteous. So why are you doing this? And then God, are you going to let them go unpunished because they're going to come against your people? God, why? Now, the whole gist of this was Habakkuk was complaining about the, 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 the uh, impropriety of the nation of Israel. But now it's not about the nation. It's about God. Why are you doing it this way? Forgot all about what his prayer request was. Now he like, well, God, why are you doing it like that? It's like, it's, I don't know if you've ever done this. But I have noticed that sometimes a person will bless another. Oh, okay, I, I need to use air quotes on this. Sometimes a person will bless another person with some clothing. And let's say, let's say it's a suit. And the guy comes the next week in the suit. And he's wearing it differently than how you would have worn it. And now you're mad at him for wearing the suit wrong. Why he wearing the suit like that? Why he doing? Why? Why? It's his suit. Or, or so we thought it was his suit because you was blessing him with the suit. But we always have this level of expectation that we have. If I, you know what? I think he would look nice in this. And you already have in your mind what he going to wear and all this other stuff. And, and when he don't do it now, you mad at him. For not doing what you never verbalized. I'm giving you the suit because I saw you wearing this with it. You know, you could have kind of said that. But no, hey, I want you to telegraphically, telepathically hear what I'm saying and see the picture that I'm saying. We're not going to talk about how this happens in marital relationships, but we're we just going to yeah. continue on in that. Yeah. Now, Habakkuk knew. That God used other nations to correct other nations. He knew that. But he was thinking. Because we are the children of Israel. And we do have some issues. But we're still God's people. That he might just send another prophet down. And he's going to say the words. And then everybody's going to get straight. But God wasn't playing that. 
Why would God permit this to happen? Was I think what really was driving Habakkuk crazy because he just was uh, of all the people you could use, of all the direction that you could go. This is not what I expected. So God, why are you doing it differently than what I expected? God, we said this last. God, what, what's wrong with you? God, what is your problem? Why, why are you not doing this the way that I expect you to do it? So then I could go ahead and say, this is how I told God to work it out. How come, God, why? We have this propensity, this, 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 this tendency, this, this way that if God doesn't do it our way, then we get mad at God. But we can't get mad at God because we know we're not supposed to be mad at God. But I am mad because he didn't do it the way I expected. So what can we do to change this, this circular process that we're going in? I ask God for something. He starts working it. It's not the way that I want it work. So I'm upset with God. And then I need God to do something else. God starts working the process. He ain't doing it the way I wanted to do it. I get mad at God. That's, we need to review our expectation. We need to look at our expectation and say, what do I expect God to do? There was a situation where after dinner, Jesus and a couple of the guys decided to go into the garden and go and chill out. And as they were in the garden and chilling out, now Jesus already knew what was going to happen. But he goes a little bit further than the rest of the disciples and he says, Father, if it can happen, if there's another way, let's do it that way. But the bottom line is, it's not my will because I want your will to be done. I think a lot of us in our communication with God, we kind of forget that last part that Jesus said. We will say, Lord, if there's another way for this to happen, let that happen. Amen. Get busy, God. Make it happen. And then when we still have to go to the cross, and we still have to be crucified, then we're mad at God because he didn't hear what we said earlier. We said if, and we forgot, we, we actually meant you should or you better. And so, when, as we're looking on this, that as, even as Jesus was going to do what he was called to do, it's a total contradiction to how everyone expected him to come. When they thought Messiah was coming, they thought that he was coming in all power, which he did, and that he was going to save the people, which he did, but it wasn't in the manner that they thought. He th they thought he's going to save us from the oppressive Romans. And he's saying, I'm trying to save you from the oppressive devil. I'm trying to work this at a level that you can't even imagine at the present moment. I've come 
to make sure that you have the abundant life that you have been promised. Even Jesus' cousin didn't, didn't even get it. He, 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 he's in jail and he tells one of his disciples, he says, go ask Jesus, is he the one? Because he ain't doing this the way I thought he was going to do it. And when he goes and he says, John wants to know if you're the one. He says, you tell John that the blind see. He didn't say, yes, I am. He just tells them the results of his presence. And then John realizes he is the one. Sometimes we face that same dilemma as John the Baptist. That when Jesus doesn't meet our expectations, we become disillusioned, we become angry, we become confused. We be, we be, we, we, should I be following Jesus if he's not doing what I expect him to do? And when this tragedy hits and when things happen to us, we feel like God is abandoning us because he ain't do it the way we expect it. Why is it that we so easily give up? And why is it that we so easily fail to trust that God's plan is a perfect plan? Why is it that we... Think that God don't know what it is that needs to happen. Because sometimes we get so wrapped up in us that we forget about where our citizenship is. We are children. We are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And the edict of that kingdom is that if you want to be first, you have to be servant. If you want to be above, you've got to be on the bottom. If you want to have victory, sometimes you have to look like you are defeated. But that doesn't coincide with my expectations. Makes me think about the general who, after they had went and, and captured the children of Israel, and he had leprosy, and and the one of the young little girls that they had has a servant. She decides. She tells him. She says, "If if he was in um in our town, uh, there's a there's a prophet there that can heal him." And so he goes to the king, and he says, "Hey, king." I need to go to Israel. I need to go talk to this guy in order for me to get healed of this leprosy. And he says, okay, yeah, take, take some treasure. Take whatever you need to go. And he gets there, and he gets there before Elijah. And Elijah says, go jump in the Jordan River. Dunk yourself seven times. You'll be healed. And the Bible says that the, king, the, the general walked away. Fireball man. He like, we got plenty of rivers back home I could have been jumping in. And, and then one, he, he is like, first of all, it's, it's muddy and dirty looking. 
Second of all, it's in a land that we conquered. What am I? He trying to make a fool out of me. And then somebody with wisdom said, well, what if he had you do something that you thought was hard? Would you have done it? Yeah. Well, how come you can't do something that, he's, that you think is easy? Because the expectation was he's going to have me jump through hoops and he's going to have me doing somersaults. He's going to have me doing all this stuff before this can happen. But no, it's just simply being obedient to the word yes. that you hear. So in all this, in all this is very, this is, is so simple today. When we review our expectation, it comes down to this. That in order for us to hold firmly to our faith, we got to let go of our expectation of how God's going to do it. Some of us are process oriented. It has to go A, B, C, D. Some of us are result oriented. We go from A to D. It, it could be all other letters of the alphabet, but as long as we made it from A and got to D, it, we're, we're good to go. So sometimes we just have to say, Lord, this is, I need you to work in this situation. And don't worry about the process. Don't get our minds so wrapped around the process that we think God don't know what he's doing. But look for the results that God has done and answered the petition of our prayer. But that's how the enemy makes you give up and slip up and, 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 and messes with you because he says it don't look like. Don't you think this should have happened? And so your expectation becomes the process instead of the result. And so review, as we review our expectation, and our expectation is, I'm going to trust him, him only, because I know I can depend on him. Amen. I'm going to trust him, him only. I'm not even going to trust myself, because I can depend on him. Because my expectation is not his expectation. Isaiah said it like this. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so his ways are higher than my ways. And his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And if we can grab hold of that and, and walk in that, when we start feeling like God's leaving us down, letting us down, and after we have talked it out and we have realized that maybe we need to review our expectation. What do we expect in this? Do we expect God to do it the way that he needs it done? Or do we need certain people to get punished certain ways and get corrected certain ways in order for us to feel like it was done properly? God, you can't be bringing the Babylonians over here. They worse than us. We holier than the Babylonians. Okay. All right. I hear you talking. But that's all you see you trying to do that. But that's all you're doing is talking. We have to realize that God has this all under control. We have to realize that it's about 
The, uh, the battle is not about anything except for our faith. The battle is not against the devil. The battle is not against these people. The battle is not against all this. The battle is against our confidence that God is going to do what he says he's going to do. We should fight the good fight of faith. Because we know that it's not the people that we're battling. We're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against principalities, against powers. We're fighting against things that we cannot see. So we have to use the weapons that are not seen in order to win. And so we have to lock into our confidence that God is going to do what he says he is going to do. Because his ways are higher than his, our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he's got it all under control. There's an old song. I know y'all sung it. If y'all did any time in Sunday school, I'll make that sound like a prison sentence. But if you did anything, if you did anything in the Sunday school, they, they had this song. He's got the whole world in his hands. That's some big hands that had the whole world in there. He got you and me. In his hands. You and me brother. You and me sister. You got little, little babies. We, we, we went through a whole litany of things to realize that God's got all this in his hands. And that's even the request that you have. It's in his hands. Now when you give somebody, something to somebody and you put it in their hands, then you're telling them to go ahead and handle it. That's what we're doing, but what we're thinking sometimes does not correspond or line up with what our actions were. But they should. Would you agree? I do agree. Now, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then It's going to be very difficult for you to change your expectations. Because having the relationship with Jesus is the key to us actually having access to God the Father. And that access to Jesus is, is not a complex thing. It's not complex at all. The Bible says it like this. It says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It says because with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And it's everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, the one word that keeps resounding in that is saved, and saved means to be rescued, to be delivered, and it means to be uh, relief from. And what is it that it, this situation is talking about is death. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so we want you to begin to walk in life. And the life is found in Jesus. And if you when you accept him into your life, it will open up 
avenues. It will cause a connection to the kingdom of heaven by which you can access all the provisions of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is a significant thing. This is not an individual event. This is a team sport. We're going to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. When you make this decision, we want to know about it. And you can let us know that you made that decision by emailing us at info at godshousecc.com or texting us at 864-920-0100. We will come alongside you and assist you along this journey because we want what God has for you and we want God's best for you so that you can be all that God has designed and designated for you to be. Well, friends and family, that's episode number two in the books. Review your expectations. I know that was a fun ride, wasn't it? We have to look at our expectation of God and cause it to submit itself to God's actions so that we do not become disenchanted, disillusioned, disenfranchised, and all those other disses that we talk about but that we can know that beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has this all under control and we're trusting him and him only. And when we do that, God does a perfect work in us and in our situations. Well, until next week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name.